Hello, savvy listeners. I am excited you are taking the time to invest in yourself today. Savvy, the business podcast will show you how your daily habits can create your own platform. Experts will share solutions and efficient tips to create a roadmap just for you. One thing that can make this happen, change your habits, change your success. Welcome to Savvy, the business podcast. Hello, Savvy listeners. You're on today with Melissa Amber, Savvy the Business Podcast. And I have a very special guest, Mr. Patrick Yagenshik. Did I say that correctly? <laughs> you know what? Everybody trips up over it. It's Ungershik. Ungershik. And okay. uh, when people ask me how to pronounce it, there's usually a follow-up question. The follow-up question is, where does it come from? And then I have to stop and explain that it's it's been shortened. It's been Americanized. But when you when you convert it back to the original German, it means clumsy or incompetent. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for that. And the reason I, I decided to bring Patrick on today is, you know, I always like to bring resources to you, showcase people all over the world of what they have to offer and how. I can bring a resource to you and cut back on some of your time of doing research. So as I dig around, you know, I come up with ideas and then I find people for you. I find those resources for you. And Patrick is one of those resources. He has two awesome books. One is called Dance in the End Zone, The Business Owner's Exit Planning Playbook and award-winning a tale of two owners achieving exit success between business co-owners. Hmm. Yes. Two excellent topics. Uh, you're hitting it on both ends of, you know, uh, leaving that nine to five and also, you know, leaving a partnership on a right. calm base, a calm, you know, uh, in a calm way. Um, He's also been quoted in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and Financial Week. During his 30-year career, Patrick has helped hundreds of business owners achieve success. Outside of work, even though he cannot juggle nor play a musical instrument, Patrick is a proud member of the Atlanta Distinguished Clown Corps, a group of full-time business leaders and part-time clowns that raise money and lift smiles at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, the largest, largest pediatric hospital in the world. That's right. Wow. That's a lot <laughs> that's, of fun too. That's a step away. So <laughs> <laughs> let's, I, I'm, I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit. Let's sure. talk about the, the clown journey. You know, what made you decide, okay, was it just something to pull away, have, you know, do something different, have a little laugh? What took you in that direction? I was... 12, 15 years ago, I was sitting next to a friend at church yeah. and I turned to him and I said, what are you doing this coming weekend? And he's a good friend, and he, but he kind of dodged the question, Melissa. I'm like, why, why, why aren't you answering? Yeah. He said, and I pressed him a little bit. He said, well, it's going to sound kind of strange, but I've got this thing we're doing down at Children's Hospital and we dress up as clowns and we raise a little money for the hospital and we march in a parade. It's around Christmas time. We march in the Christmas right. parade and we visit the kids in the hospital and and hand out toys to them. And then afterwards we, we tailgate and drink Bloody Marys. And I said, I'm in. And he said, no, I'm not kidding. I said, me neither. I'm in. How do I do this? So it was as simple as that, but it's, it is my favorite day of the year. Yes, it is. Wow. Wow. That's, that's 
excellent. It's exciting. And then it's also something that you're doing to give back. And yes. at the end of the day, that's, that's all what it's about is giving back and then a, being able to put some a smile on somebody's face. And not only just on a day-to-day basis of, you know, children going through, you know, various things that you wouldn't expect a child to go through. But now with everything that's going on in the world, everybody's, you know, searching for something to make them laugh, dance, smile, sing, something because this is just I don't even know really how to describe it I mean it's like wow you know uh of what's going on yeah you're right I mean some things are are new and unprecedented as as you and I are talking right now you know our country is going through this incredible coronavirus crisis yeah and that's new and unprecedented but you know some things are still the same and you still got to find a way to connect with people you still got to find a way to grow businesses and careers and Still got to find a way to take care of people who aren't feeling well, especially kids. Yes, you're right. Absolutely. So on your book, Dance in the End Zone, um, even before all of this happened, um, a lot of people are looking for a way, how do I exit gracefully? Yes. Uh, What are some of the things to, to do? And now a lot of people don't have a choice because businesses are shutting down. They have to lay off and they're going through, all these things right now. So let's talk about, you know, the, the, the playbook and exiting gracefully. And sure. now you don't have a choice how, how right. to, you know, kind of deal with that as well. Yeah. There's so much in there. I mean, most business owners have a remarkably similar set of goals that they want to achieve when they exit Melissa. Yeah most everybody has some sort of personal financial goal that they have to achieve because if you're a business owner, you probably have invested so much in your company and you need to find a way to get some of that back one day. Uh, But it's not just about the money for most business owners. It's also about making sure that people are treated with dignity and that the values that you, if you founded the company that you started on and the values you lead your company, that those are respected. So you're right. Whether, whether the economy is great and a company is being sold for a wonderful price, and that's the, that's the preferred outcome, or whether it's difficult economic times and we're having to make really tough decisions, you still want to treat people with dignity and try and stay true to your values all the way through in order to exit with grace. You said it perfectly, yes. Wow. So what are some of the, uh, not to give away you know, the content of your book, but what are that's some okay. of the tips or suggestions that you can offer someone that wants to exit gracefully, whether it is, like you said, I mean, that could be a list of reasons why. Yes. What are some things that they can do or prepare to do sure. to exit? Well, the one that comes to top of mind right now, and, and you're right, in, in my book, Dance in the End Zone, we talk about the seven end zone questions. Those are the most important questions business owners need to ask and answer. And one of them is on timing. Because what right now is teaching us is how important it is to time the market when you're thinking about exit. I mean, it was only a matter, at the time you and I are recording this, it was only a matter of weeks ago that the economy was roaring and business was great. And if you're thinking about selling your company, there were lots of buyers out there. And then almost overnight, at least for a temporary basis, a lot of that has changed, but it's going to come back. Uh, you know, we, we live in an amazing country with amazing people and amazing economy. So the first thing that comes to mind, the first tip is 
You've got to be very intentional around timing the market. If your business is ready to go and you think you're ready, then maybe it's time to go. And a, a, a mistake that a lot of business owners make in there, Melissa, is when the business is doing really well, when profits are up and when the team is happy and morale is high and you're hiring and customers are happy, that's fun. That's the fun time of when you own and lead a business. And that's usually not the time that a business owner wants to exit. But that really is the time that someone should go out because you do go out on top. Um, and uh, you don't want to wait until the economy is not doing well. You don't want to wait until profits are down. You don't want to wait until morale is low. And then look around and go, you know, boy, this is no fun anymore. I think it's time for me to exit. You know, our, our own human emotions and human nature will get in the way. So the first tip is absolutely time the market very carefully. Okay. And speaking of timing, um, as humans, we tend to get into our own thoughts in our own head. Yes. And we'd be like, well, my time is now. Right. It's not always about, you know, your timing. So how can they distinguish from my time is now opposed right. to, is it really time to take that step out of the world right now? Great question. And you're exactly right. There's really to time the market and excuse me, to time and exit. Well, you really got to think about three intersecting needs. One is me. Am I ready? Am I financially ready? Am I, am I ready in my head and in my heart for a lot of people? A key question in making sure that I'm ready is, do I know what I'm going to do next in life? Not a lot of people, especially if you've had a successful business, are looking to just sit on the couch for the rest of their life. Yeah. So it's really three moving parts. It's one, am I ready? Two, is my company ready? Because there definitely are specific steps involved with getting a company, a business ready for exit. And then the third, we just talked about a moment ago, is what's the outside world look like? Is the economy strong? If I'm planning on selling my company, are, are the buyers out there? Um, a lot of times when companies are bought, people borrow money to buy companies. So are the banks healthy? Are the banks lending? So you really have to look at that intersection of those three factors. Am I ready? Is my company ready? And is the outside world in a, in a good supportive environment? Wow, that's excellent advice, excellent advice. Um, once someone makes that step, and they turn in a two weeks notice and they're ready to say, okay, I'm financially, I'm ready. I have a plan in place. Um, what is the next step to execute? Because we could be ready. We step out. We do, we think we're doing everything right. Then all of a sudden that reality is in our face. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. I, I prepared. I did all of these things, but what do I do next? Yes. Um, have a plan. Most importantly, so I mentioned one of the seven end zone questions. Some of the others are know, know your, how financially prepared you are. Yeah. Um, it'd be terrible. And unfortunately, I've seen this happen where people exit from their business. And then only after they've exited, they turn around and realized I don't have enough money to support my lifestyle for as long as I want to, which is typically retirement or something like that. So yeah. we, we call that we call that math, your exit magic number. So know your magic number and make sure you have really good financial analysis. And if you've got a head for numbers, you can do it yourself. If you don't have a head for numbers, you know, get with a financial person. Um, so know your financial situation really well, know your exit magic number. Second is know what you're gonna do in life after your business. Uh, as I said a few minutes ago, very few people, especially entrepreneurs who have had some success in their career, 
want to completely stop doing anything and everything. Uh, it's really important that we all have something engaging and challenging uh, that, that we can apply our, our time and our talent towards. So really have it figured out as to what you want to do in life after exit is another key step. Okay. What do you think about a coach? Having a coach when you, you leave or a mentor or a consultant, um, because now everybody is, is absorbing that title of coach, but they're yes. not truly a coach. And yes. it's, what are you coaching me on? It's like coach, 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 coach. So <laughs> when you leave, how do you decide? Do I really need a coach? Should I just get a mentor? Do I need to hire a consultant firm? Where do I need to go to help me with my, my plan? That's a great question. And you're right. They can get pretty confusing out there. I think, um, I think the important thing would be, do you have people in your life? Are you surrounding yourself with people who have taken the journey that you want to take? They've been on that journey already. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I'm a business owner and I'm thinking about my future exit from my company one day, whether it's I'm planning on selling it, whether I'm going to give it to my kids, whether I'm just going to try and shut it down with dignity, which a lot of business owners do. Mm -hmm. The question is, do I have people in my life? Could be coach, could be mentor, could be consultant. But do I have people in my life who have done that already and who can help me anticipate what's going to come at me and help me be prepared, help me avoid getting blindsided, help me avoid hitting potholes that I didn't even know existed? Right. Um, so I th your point is a good one. I may be a little bit less worried about what that person's title is, but absolutely make sure that you've got those people who are helping you and, and care enough about you and have a relationship with you that they can give you that advice so that you're not, you're not going this, taking this journey on your own. What advice would you give someone to have a yes man around them? <laughs> well, maybe two pieces of advice. One, I don't know that you're really benefiting by having that yes man around you. Mm -hmm. That's the obvious part, but maybe the two is how did that come to happen? Yeah. What did, you know, what's your approach to decision-making that allowed that person to sort of creep into the picture? Uh, because, because if any one of us has a yes man or yes person around us, at some point you got to kind of look in the mirror and say, what did I do or not do yeah. that allowed me to sort of fall vulnerable to that, to that sort of bad, unhealthy dynamic. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I, 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 the reason I ask that is, because when we're leaving, we always have those, you know, those people in our ear of, oh, you're good. Go, you know, you got this. You can do this. You can do that. Um, right. And you want those people to support. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for support. You're looking for someone that's going to boost your morale, that's going to encourage sure. you. But uh, it comes a point to where we have to distinguish the difference between that relative friend or whoever it is that's always pushing and supporting are they really good for you? So right. how do we get and figure out if they're really good for you? Do you make a mistake on purpose just to see how they're going to react? Or do you, you know, everything that you do is always go, go, go. Nobody ever say, whoa, hold on. I need you to slow down. Let's, let's not go so fast. Let's, you know, reevaluate this or let's, you know, figure this out. Right. Do you have those people in your corner that you're willing to accept that's sincerely giving you that advice? Or do you want all of those yes men? And I've, I've had conversations on both ends. And it's, 
I don't think the yes man is good for you because of that reason. You want somebody that can give you that hardcore advice or critique. And it's not going to feel good all the time. I'll say that. It's not going to feel good. And those are the ones you want because it's not going to feel good to you. Um, And when it's not feeling good, you're going to eventually come back to it and either agree or disagree. But in the back of your mind, you're still going to think, well, maybe I should slow down or maybe I should do this or maybe I should do that. Yeah. I know that I think you're exactly right. And I know that we all use the word advice and we're in the phrase of taking someone's advice or giving someone advice. I think when you peel it away, because you said something really fundamentally important in there, which is ultimately you got to decide, right? I've got to decide. You got to decide. So I think if you take the word advice and unpack it a little bit, what others can give us, because they can never make the decision for us, at least we should, we should never abdicate, you know, making that decision is other people can give us two things. They can give us information that maybe we didn't have. Oh, you've been in that situation before. So you've got information for me that I did was simply not aware of, or they can give us and, or they can give us perspective uh, because we're all different. God made us all differently. We're all wired different. We all have different ways that we look at the world. And so when someone else is giving us advice, put the word advice in air quotes, really what, should be happening in a healthy relationship, like you said, if it's not a yes man, if it is that balanced perspective, is we should open ourselves up to stop and listening and does this person have information that I didn't have that I could benefit from? And does this person have perspective that maybe I'm lacking for whatever reason, I I just don't see it, I'm not seeing things the way that they are. And then you gotta make a decision because no matter how much advice anyone else gives you, ultimately you gotta decide. Yep, that is absolutely true. And with making those decisions, um, coming out and, you know, you have your plan, uh, you left your nine to five, and you're starting to make those strides to opening your doors, building your business. Um, Some want to go straight for it in themselves. And then sometimes we look for those collaborations or partnerships. And that brings us into the tale of two owners. and sometimes we, ha- we have to understand having a partnership is not always owner and co-owner. It's just partnering with two companies to accomplish a, a task. Absolutely right. Uh, so um, with the tale of two owners, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. That's my second book. And I wrote that book because um, it, it's one of the least understood parts of smaller businesses in America and that about 70% of small companies have, small to medium-sized companies have more than one owner. When people think about business owners, we have this image of being alone at the top and the boss is he or she is all alone. That's actually not true. Most business owners have partners. Now you're right. You don't have to be a co-owner to be a partner. Two or more co-leaders can be just as important of a partner relationship. But I did specifically write that book for those people who share ownership in their company with one or more other people, because as soon as you share ownership in your company with somebody else, now, when you're thinking about exit, everything just got a whole lot different. You have to think about your own ideas when, but then someone else that you're uh, share this company with, they're going to have their idea of when, and maybe you have the same ideas, maybe you don't. I mentioned, I mentioned knowing your exit magic number, which is knowing financially how you need to be come out when you think about exiting from your company. Well, I may be partners with you, Melissa, and you and I, even if we own the business 50-50, 
you might need a little bit for this business that we own together and I need a lot. Well, so if we have different numbers, then again, think about our own exit. It's gonna be very difficult if we're not on the same page and in alignment. So A Tale of Two Owners is actually a story. Um, it's a fictitious story, but it's based on a couple real clients over time. We changed their names, of course, and uh, it tells the story of two gentlemen who own a company together and, and the conversations they have and the journey that they go on when they realize that they're maybe not on the same page with regards to their exit goals and then how do they handle that and where do they go from there. Okay, so with when um, two partners are in and like, you know, this is a story, but how often do you see two owners go in great, start out great, and sometimes not even halfway through, you start seeing the, the, the disagreements or either the pulling away because Yes. One want to go this way, one want to go that way, and then one decide, okay, well, I want to add this in. They'll say, nope, we're moving too fast. It's that yes. tug of war of business. Yes, we see it all the time. Matter of fact, it is, the, it is the, usually what happens because, again, let's just imagine for a moment you and I are partners together, and the yeah. day we set up our new business, that's day number one. And we are never going to be more closely aligned with one another than we are on day number one. Because on day number one, we only have one goal. And it's the only goal we can have, which is let's start this business. Yeah. And there's nothing else to even think about. There's probably no money. So there's nothing to fight about with regards or disagree about with regards to money. There's maybe no employees yet. So we don't agree or disagree about anybody other people. Mm -hmm. It's just us. And it's just this idea and just this vision that we're probably both incredibly passionate about. But as time goes on, there are all these other things that come into the picture. Customers, employees, profits. And as time goes on, I don't know, maybe I don't have as much energy as you do. Maybe I don't work as hard as you do. Maybe I'm older, maybe I wanna exit sooner uh -huh. than you do. Uh, maybe uh, you've got more kids than I do and therefore you've got more, more uh, challenges and work-life balance that you're struggling with than I do. The point is we're different people. And because we're different people, as time goes on, it's, all, it's not only is it natural, Melissa, it's almost inevitable that two or more partners are gonna start to see the world very differently and start to have different exit goals. And then as soon as you start to have different exit goals, all of a sudden it feels like we're not getting as long as, as well as we once did. And really, it's, in my experience, it's not that we stopped respecting or liking one another. It's that we, un, unbeknownst to both of us, it's kind of a bit of a surprise. It, creeped, it crept into the room. All of a sudden, we're, we're trying to row this boat that we own together. We're trying to row it in different directions. And that's when, if you don't catch it early enough, that's when really, really bad things can happen. What suggestions do you have for someone that may be going through that right now? Uh, besides pick up that book. <laughs> so, uh, great question. Yeah. Start, you know, talk, um, find, and, and that's easier said than done because for most business partners and most business leaders, this is never a conversation they've ever had to have with anybody. So it's not a natural conversation. It's not a conversation that comes easily, uh, but start to talk with one another, start to share most importantly goals, Again, imagine for a moment, Alyssa, that you and I owned a business together 50-50. We should, we should be talking around questions like, when do you want to exit? Do you want to exit two years from now or 20 years from now? And how about me? And are, are our answers in alignment or are our answers pretty different? 
And what's your exit strategy? Do you want to sell the company? Do you want to sell it to an outside maybe competitor? Or do you want to sell it to maybe one of our employees? Or what if I have kids working in the business? Do I want the company to go to my kids? But if you don't have kids in the business, you may not want that. Yeah. So we have to start talking about those longer term goals, hopefully long before anybody is going to exit. Mm -hmm. Because when you're having these conversations, you know, a long time before anything is going to happen, it's, it's good and it's healthy and it's not threatening. When you're having these conversations very late and somebody wants to leave or somebody is feeling some kind of pressure, that's when these conversations are really jarring for a lot of people. Okay. And I know we, when we're talking, we keep saying, you know, strategy, plan, yeah. strength this plan. For someone that don't quite know how to start it or what it is, right? what information can you give on creating that plan or that extra strategy or creating a strategy through partnerships? You bet. The best information I can give is anybody on your wonderful podcast audience, if they want to go to our website, and our website is Navix, N-A-V-I-X, which comes from Navigate Towards Your Exit, NavixConsultants.com. There's all kinds of free tools. And one of them is an ebook called Your Last Five Years. And oh. in that ebook, it lays out step-by-steps. It's free, absolutely free. It lays out step-by-steps. What does someone need to do as they're starting to think about exit? And, and the reason why we call it Your Last Five Years is because I don't know why, Melissa, but there's something about when a business owner or a business leader starts to say to himself or herself, you know, I think I got maybe five years left. That's when there seems to be a sense of urgency, a desire to really have a plan, a desire to take those first steps. Mm -hmm. So we created this ebook about a year, year and a half ago, and it's our most popular ebook. So someone can go there to navixconsultants.com and they can download it and it'll lay out their first five or six steps for them. Okay, great. So anyone that's listening to this, I hope you're taking your notes and I, yes. I hope you're, you're listening and you're, you're grabbing all these nuggets that's being dropped today because with what's going on today with the uh, COVID-19 is a wake up call for so many people that didn't have a plan. It was like, oh, okay, I got a job. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I've been here 10 years. I've been here 15 years. This is where I'm going to be at. Now you can't go to work. Right now you're burning up your vacation time. You're burning up your sick time. And now what do you do? So you did not have a plan because for what, nobody knew nothing like this was going to happen, but you got comfortable and we have to get out of that, that, that comfortableness um, and start always be, be on alert. Just be aware of ready to plan, have, have something yeah. that, that you have, a, you know, something that you have to back up on. Cause right now, you know, people are scratching their heads. You know, what do I do? The kids are home, you know, schools are closing and I will not be surprised if after this 50% of schools shut down and they go straight online. I will yeah. not be surprised. You mean on a longer term basis? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think you're right. I think society is going to change. This is, this is similar to 9-11 to and that 9-11, you know, was obviously a very different type of event, but 9-11 caused changes to our society that yeah. here we are 20 years later and we're still, that those changes have become permanent. And I think this same thing is going to happen here. I think people are going to, yeah. maybe people were, they're already, it's already happening. People are being forced to think about their children's education differently. 
-hmm. And yeah, some people will rush their child back to school after this is behind us and some people may not. Um, and I think a lot of businesses, I mean, my business itself, my business, we were never a purely virtual business or a remote business, but like so many other millions of businesses right now, we're working remotely. And as a business owner, I got to tell you, I'm sitting here wondering, going, why do I pay that big of a rent check each month? Yeah. <laughs> so you're right. I think it's going to cause a lot of people to have to very quickly think differently. And some of that thinking may go back to the way it was before. And some of that thinking may not. Yeah. Well, I mean, working with, you know, a lot of clients that I have um, under behind the scenes expert, that's what, you know, I've always pushed for is go digital, go virtually. Uh, there's a plethora of online tools out there. Yes. You know, use them, you know, start using your project management tools, your CRMs, your calendars, all these things that you have, you know, access to. Yes. And they're at very low rates. And one thing I point out to everybody, everybody walking on this earth has a smartphone. They have an iPad or a tablet. They have a laptop. You may not have a desktop, but you got a laptop. If you have these devices, you have it in your hands and we're just not using them. It's That's more right. so just to say, hey, I got an iPad or I have an iPhone or I have the latest Galaxy phone. But that's pretty much a mini computer in your hand. So right. we have to start utilizing those tools and um, do our business. You know, access your documents, collaboration tools. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so much out there. And, but everybody's, oh, I'm old school. Okay. For all those that holler, oh, okay, I'm old school. This is the way it was done. This is how <laughs> I like to do it. I want to talk to all of those people right now that said, oh, I'm old school. I don't need that. I want to talk to every last one of you right now and see what your old school is doing for you right now. Mm -hmm. Not so, much. We, 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 I think this is teaching everybody. You have to get out of your ways. Um, yes, the computer and technology has done a lot to where we're not that social anymore. And now everybody want to get social all of a sudden that, that you're being told you can't be social. It's, it's crazy how that works. But um, now it's, it's so many changes are going to come during this and after this. Yes. Um, and with people that's, that's planning that exit strategy, whether it's your nine to five or with a partnership because you just can't survive right now. That's right. Um, any, you know, additional tips or suggestions that you can give to them to, you know, slow down and maybe rethink it and get it together or figuring out, okay, we need to go ahead and just exit. Yeah. Um, you still got to, you st at this point, I mean, there's so much that is uncertain. Nobody knows. We don't know. Right. You and I don't know. Nobody knows how long this is going to last, not only in this country, but in the world. But eventually, this will be behind us. And then you've got to ask yourself, is the core business, is the business that you're in, every business provides solutions to its customers. If I, if, if, if I want to go running, I need a pair of running shoes. So my running yeah. shoes are a solution. So whether you, whether, whether you sell a product or a service, you're in the business of solving a customer's need. I think the question to answer your question, I think the key question that business leaders need to be asking themselves is, is their core needs still the same? 
um, because because what what the coronavirus is doing is it's reshaping society and the needs are changing. So yeah, it's tragic. Restaurants and bars are closed. You know, so many places soon to be everywhere. I think, um, and that is a is a horrible tragedy for those people in the short term. While that's going on, grocery stores around the country are hiring like crazy to figure out how to get people their yeah. their groceries without people right. physically stepping into a into a, a store. So it's change and and it's rough and it's it's um, disruptive and it's it's harmful physically to to so many people. Uh, but as far as getting back to the business question, if you can still see on the other side of this that when this horrible tragedy is behind us, you're still going to be solving a need that customers and clients have, you'll be good. But if you're, if you're now all of a sudden unsure about your ability to solve that need or if that need has gone away, it, it might be time to hang it up. Yeah. And, you know, going back to, like you say, the core, the core of it is that's, I mean, that's major. That's, that's the bulk of it. And to break down the core a little bit, um, you know, is communicate opportunities, resources, efficiency. Right. That's your core. So you're going to have to be able to communicate with them to understand and get everything, you know, done. The opportunity, look at how many opportunities has come out because of this. Right. Um, and then the resources, what resources are out there? Who can you partner with to, you know, collaborate to get something out there to be a resource and efficiency. You have to be efficient with what you're doing. So being that core is what's going to help you to survive through this. Yes. Um, and unfortunately it's, it's not going to be the same for everybody, no. but you know, the, the reality is go back to the drawing board. I'll, I'll, if it's not, happening for you right now i'm not going to say just automatically throw in the towel but at the same time you have to be realistic of what's going on as well but go back to the drawing board go back to your plan and say okay what do we need to fix what do we need to change you know if you was that person that i'm gonna stick in old school because it works and you have boxes and boxes of paper all over the place and you can't find that thing that worked Okay, here's your, your chance. What are you going to do? Right. Go digital. Use these online tools. Use your note-taking tools. Use your project management scan documents. I get some companies, you have to have paper for certain things. But scan them, organize them, be able to get on your computer and you know do certain things with that. So I think these two books is, is excellent. And giving them the tools to say, this is how you can exit if you're ready to exit. And then now, if you're being laid off or you can't go to work because of what's going on, you didn't plan, so how are you gonna fix this? How are you gonna exit? Are you just gonna say, okay, whenever they open, I go back or I just go find another job? Regardless of what you do, you have to have some type of plan. And I'm gonna encourage you to dance in the end zone and go get this book. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage you to do that. So you can have that plan and that playbook to give you the advice um, and solutions you need to properly plan your exit. And, well, and, and it's resources like your podcast, Melissa, that help people all the way through these times. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. 
So, I mean, that, that's what it's about is we have to provide those, those resources um, for people. Um, and it's, 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 yes, the internet is out there. Yes, we could Google, we could do all these things. But if there's a resource out there to help you navigate some of that, you're going to go to that, that resource. And right. dancing in the end zone is one. A tale of two owners is one. So will you have to do more research after? Maybe you will. I'm not going to say any book or any website will say, this is it. You don't need to do anything else. Right. It's going to be very, very close to what you need. Everybody's situation is different. So, right. you know, even though I'm excited about Patrick's book, he wrote it, you know, based off of his experiences and things like that. But he gave you the website, go to his website, uh, send him questions, send him comments, uh, look at the free resources that he has for you. And, you know, like the podcast, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I can do to give you what you need as well. So that's why I have guests on because I can't provide every answer and all the answers for you. So that's why I have guests to be able to bring in information and resources like, you know, Patrick has. So, um, thank you so much, Patrick, for being on the show, taking thank the time you, today to talk with us. Um, tell everybody where they can purchase your book, give us the website again, and how you can be reached. Sure. Thank you so much. Well, my books are available on Amazon. Uh, you can go, um, and um, my last, Patrick's easy part, the part that trips people up is Ungashik, and that's U-N-G-A-S-H-I-C-K. Or you can search for the name of, of either book, but the first book is called Dance in the End Zone. That's on Amazon. And then our website, we mentioned before, where there are, there's lots of resources all for free to help people think about and get ready for exit. And that is Navix, N-A-V-I-X, consultants, with an S on the end, dot com. And Melissa, thank you for the opportunity to be a guest in your, on your podcast. You've had some amazing other guests, and so I'm honored. And uh, you know, in times like this, we've, we've, we've used words here like core and message and values and, and vision. And that's really what, what we all need to get clear on and stick to because this too shall pass. We just want to get through it with, you know, with it, with as doing as little damage to society and lives as we can. But then, and then after that, it's back to business. Back to business. Thank you so much, Patrick. I really enjoyed you. And anytime you want to be on, just let me know. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. Have a great one. You too.